Welcome to the Building Confidence Smiles podcast, bringing clarity and transparency to all aspects of cosmetic dentistry and answering some of the most common questions that people have. This is your host, Dr. Brian Harris, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Well, hey, thank you for doing this. Um, I, you know, when I decided to do these, the whole idea was was to have more like real conversation. Um, yeah. Just about the process, you know, and I was, I'm not going to lie, I was, I was, I was nervous about yours because I, I knew you would try to throw me some sarcastic, <laughs> some sarcastic. I will be very professional. <laughs> actually, I don't know how to do that, but I'll do my very best. Uh, no, actually, here's, let's, let's start with that. So I think one of the cool things about social media, I mean, obviously you knew Mari, you guys already had somewhat of a relationship, but yeah, I feel like since we worked together, I haven't seen you a ton, but mm-hmm. we're still keep in touch on social media yeah whether it's like whether it is sarcastic comments or just back and forth like I think let's let's talk about that because you do a lot in the social space Um, yeah what what is it and this is going to be more for doctors but what is it that that keeps people from feeling comfortable reaching out you know what I'm saying because sometimes some doctors will say you know nobody ever messages me and I have to stop and think about like okay you know, there, there's something missing then because, you know, it's a platform where you're in front of a lot of mm-hmm. people, um, as, as on the patient side of things, what, what would make you more comfortable reaching out to somebody? I think seeing that the doctor is actual, actually a human being is the most important part of social media and having patients actually reach out. Um, sorry, I'm seeing these messages. Um, knowing that a doctor has like a family and is trying to build a business. And I think everybody assumes like if you're a dentist or whatever, you've got this easy, fun, cool, lavish life. And if you show a little bit more behind the scenes and become a person, then people know you're, you're still out there, like trying to hustle. You're still trying to get new patients. Your, your books aren't all the way full. You, you know, you have a social life, you have, you take vacations, you have hard times, COVID has affected you, all these things that I think people don't realize if it's, if you're just posting things that are, this is my work, that's really intimidating to people because they think, oh, I can't, I can't ever have that. I can't achieve that. Or they've already got all the patients they need. They don't need my business. Um, But if you show that you have a real life, people really attach to that and, and almost want to be like, your friend, like they want to be a part of your life somehow and are more willing to move forward with like, okay, how can I get a consultation? Now that I know that this is a real person who cares about his family and his friends, he'll probably care about me too. How do I move forward in that process? That well, yeah, and that's, hold on. I'm going to see if I can split screen this. There, that's better. So I don't hog up all the, okay, good. Um, actually, I, I love that you said that because I think there's, you know, I, I always say it this way, people want to do business with people. And it's essentially yeah. what I've tried to get across in that statement is that everything that you just said, you know, mm-hmm. I don't think nowadays people want to do business with Harris Dental, like they want yeah. to do business with Brian Harris, Brian, or, yeah. Harris or mm-hmm. Emily Callan, or, you know, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where they want to feel a connection with somebody. And, and I think it's, it's kind of letting, letting that guard down a little bit and just letting people see you as, as you truly are, you know? Yeah. And I think it almost takes it back to 
like the old school when you just had like the one corner dentist and everybody went there and everybody was friends with them and it was oh everybody goes to doctor yeah i mean dr elcock was the, yeah. the doctor was the dentist, the dentist yeah. Who, yeah around the corner and everybody went to them and building social media can kind of recreate that thing that we all wish we still had that community of like oh we all go to dr brian harris so oh, we all went there we all have this community in this like almost camaraderie because of dentistry yeah. which i mean i think we're all just kind of losing our village and are grasping for ways to have that again yeah i love that it's, you know it can be intimidating but it's it's also you know if you think about the amount of opportunity to just like whether it's building relationships or doing business, the, the opportunities there, it's, it's just mm -hmm. those that are going to take the time to, to really listen to people. All right. Yeah. So, so, so let's, let's pivot a little bit then. And I don't expect some major sob story. Um, you don't have to. I love it. I love a sob story. <laughs> because, you know, I would say you fall into this category that a lot of my patients do where you had a pretty smile, like you had good teeth, like you were, you were in a place where like, it was fine. You didn't like, need to do anything drastic but there were things you were self-conscious of yeah take us back to what that was like before you know just kind of like what yeah as, as you saw your smile or you saw the pictures what did it feel like because then we'll get into more that transition but I want to know kind of beforehand what that was like yeah so before I mean you say I had a pretty smile but let's uh, there was a lot of snaggle teeth going on there's a lot of no jumble in the mouth it wasn't perfect. And I know that everyone's their own worst critic and people probably didn't see it as bad as I did, but it was, it made me so self-conscious that I didn't feel comfortable smiling in pictures or in public. And as someone who is, you know, has this like budding career in comedy and loves to be funny and fun to not be able to smile and laugh in public is a really big deal. And I think that for years that held me back from ever wanting to do like the stand-up comedy that I've been dabbling in now or you know just posting pictures online with my mouth open and then it became an issue because I started to get backlash from friends and family for smiling with my mouth closed because they yep. said I was like making a weird face or like trying to do the duck lips and it wasn't that I was trying to have a you know a se sexy trying, smile yeah, I just was trying smile. to cover yeah. my yeah just trying to cover the snaggle tooth so it just became a point where I just didn't even want to put myself out there at all and it was really hard like I felt like I was hiding part of myself and and then there was just like little things like my I think my son was like five or six at the time and he was like mom why are your teeth falling out of your mouth and I'm like ah oh, they're not they're just crooked and I kept thinking about that all the time it was like oh if he thinks that I'm sure everyone else is thinking wow her teeth are really messed up and it prevented me from even wanting to talk to people and I'm such a people person um so well yeah, so you said was, something there I mean think about that for a minute like I even, I think I even created a little video for you at one time because mm -hmm. I was like, look how crazy this is. I went back yeah. and so many photos of you never smiling. And then it's like, yeah. smile was done. And it's like this whole other side of Jane. Ever, yeah. Totally. So that's why I kind of titled this, this whole series pivot point. So tell me about how do you go from being, you know, self-conscious and never smiling to like stand-up comedy. That's a pretty fantastic <laughs> story in itself. I feel like we need another hour to... <laughs> To, to do that but tell tell me about that what how, how did that 
how did that, did I grow too much confidence here? When, when I'm doing, I mean, I'm just so funny. <laughs> like it's been dying and burning inside of me. No, I, I don't know. I think it is part of like this Nile thing. Like I'm not afraid to be in front of people anymore. Cause I'm not hiding anything. Like I have, I can open my mouth as wide as this large mouth goes and laugh out loud and not feel like everybody's staring at my teeth or listening to what I have to say and they're laughing with me not at me or they're not snickering about me and I'm sure again like those were probably just in inside thoughts like that probably was not even happening that people would say negative things but I thought that and that held me back so much from wanting to pursue anything that was like these like the stand-up comedy that was on my heart for so long to want to do I'm very conceited and I know how funny I am just kidding I'm not conceited um maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> no but it, it and now I just feel like I can be in front of people I can talk to people I can do like for my podcast we've been doing multiple like meet and greets and I feel excited to meet people and give my big toothy grin and I love it when people say things about my smile it happens all the time and of course I'm silly and I'm like oh they're not even my teeth <laughs> they're fake but I love hearing people say that like wow you have the best smile or whatever it just gives me that extra boost yeah to no, do my I think, thing I I do think it's important and Janie one of the things I struggle with it's hard for me because I've got I've got four kids I've got two daughters and I see there's this one side of me is like a dad that's like hey you should be confident in yourself mm -hmm. always and not worry about what other people think and you need to love yourself and then there's this other side of of who i am where you know that's what i do every single day is i change something about somebody that they're self-conscious yeah. of to to have more more confidence and so i think there's this real balance and and it's not a matter of like oh you just need to accept it and be who you are i think it's mm -hmm. it's it's more one of those things if there are changes that you can make and it makes sense to do it it does have the ability to yeah change in someone's life you know mm -hmm. yeah I that's how I feel and I same thing like I have a 12 year old who has very crooked teeth and we've seen multiple orthodontists and we're trying to figure out he's kind of got this tooth genetic issue probably for me <laughs> happening <laughs> and he's so self-conscious and he was actually so disappointed when they took masks away in school because he's like well then no one now everyone knows I have bad teeth and as much as I wanted to be like, oh, you shouldn't worry about it. I'm like, well, I worried about it I and I got it, new yeah. teeth and yeah. it's okay to want to change something if it just makes you happier and more confident and more successful, which yeah. is, that's what it's done for me. So. Yeah. And I think people forget too, that there's, there's a lot of different ways to do it. You know, you yeah. could have gone through more simple procedures and, and, mm -hmm. and still had an upgrade in the smile and, and probably been more confident. And so I think mm -hmm. it's, it's people shouldn't get intimidated by, you know, the cost of one specific type of procedure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so that's that's actually a good lead into the next one that I wanted to talk to you about because I think, I think for for patients, there's always questions. I mean, most people would say they would love to improve something about their smile. Um, mm -hmm. You know, me like I'm huge on transparency and trust and in, in, in the whole virtual consult process speak yeah. to that from a patient standpoint you know what is what's that like for a patient you know is, is oh my gosh I mean it feels like that it feels like it was 10 million years ago, ago. <laughs> <laughs> well for what me, was the good part about it 
Well, just being able to have a visual of like, okay, this is actually what I'm going to look like because the idea of getting veneers is scary. Like you're whittling the tooth down. There's no going back on this. Like, Mm -hmm. this is what we're doing. And being able to do that and see, this is what I'm actually going to look like and know for sure that it's something I'm comfortable with without doing any damage to my teeth, like without just going into it blindly was huge. And that was huge for my husband too, because he had no problem with my teeth. It was like, if you want to do this, I'll support you. But I, you know, I think you're beautiful how you are. And so for him too, to be able to see, have a visual of like, okay, this isn't going to change the way her face is. This isn't going to be, you know, she's not going to have the Hillary Duff horse teeth situation happening. Um, It was, it was the most important part of the process really to be able to have that visual. You got to be able to see it and mm-hmm. it makes you feel that much more comfortable moving forward. With right. Um, what were, tell me randomly, biggest questions mm-hmm. you had. I mean, before, before you met me and before we connected, obviously it probably came across your mind to do something. What was, yeah. what was holding you back at that time? Was it just the unknown or was it? Yeah, I think that you hear veneer and even when I got them which like what five plus years ago now I feel like they weren't as common like even half a decade ago it wasn't like you know tons of people have them and so I kind of was like is this just something that old people do when they're (laughs) teeth get brittle and what like what am I actually doing um and I was really worried about like the long term like is this something I'm gonna have to replace every five years because I don't have a baller's bank account where I can be popping in every few years to fix something. And um, it wasn't, obviously. I had all those questions answered. I was really nervous about um, how my teeth would feel, like the actual, like, would they feel natural? And they, I mean, I don't remember what other teeth feel like, so I'm pretty sure these just feel natural. I can eat everything fine. Um, Yeah, I mean, just the, the common, I think, worries about, redoing your whole mouth is, is it gonna, is it gonna hurt, which it didn't, is it going to, you know, change the way I, like I talk or I um, eat also did not. And am I going to have to like do some crazy upkeep? And unless I missed a memo and I'm not doing some crazy upkeep and I'm just regularly going to the dentist, but I had one year left. Perfect. Yeah. One year left before the cement fails. And then, and then, yeah. And then they all fall out. If one of these falls out, I swear to you, I will come to your house at midnight and know where you live. It'll give you good, it'll give you good content for the stage. Yeah, okay, right. So, so let's talk about that pivot point because I think, you know, I want, I want to acknowledge you. I've never like publicly told you this, but to see, to sit back and get like a front row seat at a lot of the cool things you're doing, you know, it's like we talked about comedy, but, but a lot of people may not know like what you do on a day-to-day basis in working with kids. And, and I think, you know, as I look at all the different things you're doing, it's, it's really cool to see the success you're having. Tell us where you are now. I would love to know on the occupational, you know, therapy type stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And then um, give me some, some thoughts on future goals of, of the comedy stuff, because I think that's really cool. So I work full-time doing occupational therapy in the pediatric setting. So I do schools. I have a contract with um, some local charter schools. I also do home visits and then I'm 
currently in an office in my in or outpatient pediatric office. So I specialize in autism, particularly um, kids with really strong behaviors, really difficult kids, like all the ones that no one else wants to take, give me all those kids. So that's like my day job. And then I also write captions and run social media for about five different clients right now. So I do their daily captions, usually between one and three captions a day per client. Um, so that's just a small little thing that I do. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And then I have um, my podcast, the Momologue po podcast, which we just rebranded and changed that a little bit. Tell me what you um, branded it to. What is it now? So it's the Momologue, like a monologue, but oh, a mom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <I like it. laughs> um, so yeah, I have the podcast and we've been starting to do some in-person stuff, some meet and greets and a few like live recording sessions. Um, which kind of turned into like its own stand-up thing last year, which was super fun. Um, and then that's the goal for this year is to start to do more of the like in-person comedy show stand-up thing um, for both myself and then my co-hosts together kind of do live recordings where we just kind of shoot the shit and am I allowed to say shit? Yeah, shoot the shit. <laughs> I just did. Um, <laughs> And just kind of do our funny podcast bit in person and have like live questions and things like that. So yeah, I'm kind of all over the place. And I just start, I bought a website. I have not put anything on it. So I'm not even going to say it, but I bought a website um, because the goal is to have my own. I love writing for other people, but I would also love to just have my own space to put my work and then we'll see from there. But yeah. Well, I love it. And I think, I mean, the, the biggest thing I've seen is just, I feel like you don't have a fear of like chasing what you really want and you've gone out there yeah. and, and created it. And it's inspiring to me. I mean, that's one of the things that drives me. I love dentistry. I love cosmetic dentistry, but I love just seeing people and, and even myself, like come up with ideas and then, and then just go for it, you know? And, and yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty cool thing. So yeah, any last, any last thoughts? You want, I, uh, you, you, gotta, you, you do, you do a live. I am, well, okay. Yeah. I'm going to do it. No, just, yeah. Right. I'd rather die. Um, no, but I really am without getting like too cheesy and sappy, which I do love to get cheesy and sappy, but it really has been the most life-changing thing for me that I've done um, to just have the confidence to be able to talk to people and not be self-conscious in my, not just in the comedy world or the podcast or whatever, but my whole job is working with children and their parents. And I've been able to go on these two um, OT humanitarian trips in Brazil and Ghana and to be able to meet these people in different countries. And the only you know thing we have in common is that we can smile at each other and to be able to do that and feel good about it and laugh with these people is just it's the most incredible feeling so I'm so grateful for that I'm grateful that I now have pictures to look back on with my kids where I'm not making a duck face I think they'll appreciate that but yeah it's just been the greatest blessing for me so thanks you know Dr. Brian no hey well <laughs> I want thank you so here's the deal like and I, I think I want more people to understand this I can't do what I do without you. I mean, the only way that I get to practice my craft and like, and love what I do is, is working with amazing people. And, and I'm going to end with, you know, talking about something you just said, because I think 
like I literally got the goosebumps when you said it, but you know, I didn't even think of you going on these humanitarian trips. And when you don't speak the same language and all you have is that mm-hmm. smile, now granted, a smile is a smile wherever you go. Mm-hmm. But to yeah. be able to like fully smile and not hold back, like that's that's pretty powerful. And and yeah, I truly do believe that that everybody should be able to to feel that in their lifetime. And and uh it's just been great watching you and seeing seeing you smile, whether it's you know, in the comedy stuff or, or on those humanitarian trips or, you know, even, even working with kids. I, I, I love, I love to hear it. And it's a pretty awesome pivot point story. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome. Next time, uh, jokes, come on, do a Yeah. I'll do a whole little bit. I have a great one I'm working on. Okay, okay. I will make you the butt of many jokes. It'll okay. be so good. Okay. Let's do it. I'll bring you back. We'll <laughs> do right. a, we'll do a, a roast to dentist. Uh, episode. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. Right. I can tell this story about how, when you told me not to look at my teeth, when I went to the bathroom and I did anyways, <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> that's a good one. All right. Okay. Let's do that. Really. I think it'd be awesome. Okay. I'm yeah. for sure down. Okay. All right. Thank you. Jenny. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Hey, everybody, really quick before you go. So recently I opened up a texting community, which means you can now text me your questions. As you listen to these podcasts, if you have questions that come up, feel free, reach out. I spend about 10 to 15 minutes a day answering these questions. Number is 480-210-4816. All you got to do is text that number and just type in hello. Uh, I'll save it on my end. You can save it on your end and we can start having conversations. Lastly, doctors, if you are not part of the Smile Virtual community already, you are missing out on an amazing group of doctors that see the world differently and use technology to connect and communicate with patients. So if you're not part of it already, visit www.smilevirtual.com, get signed up, and we can help answer any other additional questions that you have.